Hello and welcome to Talking Foosball Extra, the Bundesliga show, your source for all things German football. And this week, well, this week there's really only one thing to talk about, isn't there? I mean, yes, I could, you know, do an analysis of Erzgebirge Hours XG and tell you why they are on the same path as Würzburger kickers were last season, but that would be too much fun. Instead, we're going to bit something that's a little bit less fun, and that is the match that they've called the Klassiker, even though it's not really a classic, but, you know, let's not split hairs here. Anyways, my name is Nick Viltagen, and I'm delighted to welcome uh, our tactics and numbers expert, Jasmine Barber. How, how, how are you doing today, Jasmine? I thought you forgot my name for a second, and I was going to be very offended, but I'm good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm very long-winded. Uh, anyways, um, Dortmund against Bayern. Um, let's just get a couple of practical matters here out of the way first. Uh, Covid, it's spiking in Germany, isn't it? So this this match might be one of those ghost matches coming up in the not too distant future. Yeah, and that's a real big shame. We've had uh, Bayern already say that their um, Champions League match against. Um, Barcelona is going to be a ghostish spiel, which is a ghost game for anyone who doesn't know. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case for this match. I think it's due to be announced later today. I think there might be a capacity limit of a third of what it normally would be in Dortmund after we saw um, the Köln-Gladbach derby in the NRW just with absolutely crowded scenes in somewhere that's getting a really bad in terms of covid so yeah we'll see if that stays i doubt it will i yeah i think it's gonna be a limited game yes so there's omnicron on its way uh probably going to be the dominant variant by next year and uh booster shots handed out right about now so we're once again in a race against a virus that is always one step ahead of us so what fun to be had. Anyways, let's turn to what's been going on on the pitch. Now, Bayern lead Dortmund by one point in the table, which is not much, but, you know, we're just 13 match days into the season, and, um, well, it looks like, it looks like we've got a race on our hand. Um, so, Jasmine, Bayern losing to Augsburg, losing to Frankfurt, struggling in some matches, um... Trouble brewing at the, at the Zemnerstrasse? Trouble brewing for Nagelsmann? I don't really think so. I, it's been weird in the kind of ways they've lost. Um, Eintracht Frankfurt, they dominated, but it was just one of those games where you're unlucky, and it does happen. Um, if we look at underlying stats in terms of um, expected goals, expected goals in, against, in even more specific metrics where you kind of temper the results in terms of big chances and the difference between them Bayern are so far ahead and they're more ahead than they're performing better compared to last season the season before and Nagelsmann has really tightened up some of that team um it is just I think Eintracht Frankfurt was a very weird result. We all saw that they dominated on the pitch. I would be more um, concerned about their performance against Augsburg, but if you take into the context of the match, what's been happening with COVID, 
within the team. And obviously, Nagelsmann had COVID for their 5-0 loss in the DFB Pokal against Mönchengladbach. Um, and then we had the whole Kimmich saga, where Kimmich was unvaccinated, had to quarantine quarantine, uh, quarantine twice. There we go. You should be able to say that say word by now. <laughs> um, quarantine twice and then has COVID, so he's out for this game, I believe. Um and then all so is Eric Maxim Schubert-Morting, not that it matters as much. No, I, I, I do think um, runner-up in the Ballon d'Or Lewandowski will be the one starting, even if Schubert-Morting was there. Um, <laughs> um, just, just a hunch. Um, yeah, I think there's been a lot of external factors which had affected their game. They got straight back on, on it against a rusted team versus Dynamo Kiev won the Champions League group. That's all fine. Um, Minu Bielefeld was a bit of a struggle, but again, uh, a 1-0 win. They've kept it clean. Minu Bielefeld can be a troubling game at times. We saw last year when it was pouring down with snow against Bayern, which finished 3-3. I think Bayern Munich now know how to be a little bit more um, cautious in games and again they had nine shots on target they didn't let Bielefeld have a shot um even though it ended 1-0 it could have been a lot higher and I think it's just turning those gears when you're going to have people missing in this in this part of the year and we've seen it in the second Bundesliga as well when it comes to COVID it's maybe better to suffer it if you've not been vaccinated now if you're a football player because you know you're going to be protected for the six next six months you're not going to be in quarantine unless you obviously get vaccinated um and the players suffering it now like Nicolas Sula they know that they're better protected for the next six months where other teams in the running might not be um we're seeing RB Leipzig have a massive case go- caseload going around so it actually might be one of the things that benefit them further down such as um, Darmstadt in the beginning of the season of the Bundesliga whole COVID case ripped through now other teams are starting to get COVID and they're well protected well there you go well I mean that there has been some chat about COVID maybe being the one thing that could derail Bayern's season, especially given the amount of unvaccinated players in that squad. There was Kimmich, there was Nabri, there was Musiala, there was Eric Maxim Chupamoting. And you know, there were these Quasons. four footballers and yeah, Quasons was there too. Um <laughs> Who's, you know, I don't know what he's doing. He used to be a footballer, I don't know what he's doing these days. Anyways, um now Musiala and Nabri have decided to take them jab, uh, getting jab, double jab. Uh, they've received their first injections, the two of them. Uh, Kwaisans is tending towards an injection, whilst the other two have caught COVID. So, case solved? Pretty much. Um, We'll have to see in the next six months if Kimmich and Chupamoting, the people who do have COVID, want to be fully vaccinated. I think the rule in uh, Germany, if you've had COVID, you can get your second jab around a month later to be double vaccinated. So, yeah, pretty much problem solved. 
for problem, now anyway. <laughs> problem solved for now anyway. So um, nothing there to derail Bayern's season anymore. And um, you actually looked at Bayern in a little bit more historical setting. And, um, you know, there's all this chat about, well, yes, finally we've got a race on our hands. Borussia Dortmund is challenging Bayern for the title. It's only one point and now Holland is back. And, you know, you've been looking at where Bayern's been at the table, historically speaking, over the last few years. And you're sort of like thinking, hmm, they're actually doing a lot better than they usually do at this point, right? Yeah, especially in the last two years. Uh, last year, they were one point behind um, Leverkusen. I can't remember if that was at the midway point or just where we are now after... I, don't I know, think it after 13 14? matches because the, the winter break was after 14 and there was that by Leverkusen against... Bayern München match, yeah. which turned the thing around on, on match day 14. <laughs> exactly. And um, two seasons ago, I think they were third and two points away from the top because I remember Gladbach being top and everyone's going, what is going on? And that, I remember doing a complete whole preview about it in February before the first COVID suspension, um, that all of these great teams were still in the running for the title, that we had five teams quite close together and that included Leipzig, um, Gladbach, Dortmund and Leverkusen um, and it was only after the Covid suspension and the Covid break ended that it, apparently only Bayern was the one with enough kind of um, quality to get their season starting again where the others kind of lagged. So that's the thing that tipped it on its head that season and we might have that again where I say it a lot in leagues that tend to be a little bit more unpredictable until the end. It is about consistency. Um, and I buy and have the consistency and reputation to do it again. I think in, coming into this match, you just have to see how many times people have said Dortmund are a new team and then they get smacked by Bayern. We've had it this season already because the Super Cup was in the actual season rather than being in pre-season. Everyone was so had such high expectations just for Bayern to really keep Dortmund quiet and then beat them 3-1. Um, last season was a, a little bit closer, um, but I, a part of me felt like Bayern bossed it then because I can't remember them just winning 4-2 right in the end. It felt like a more far apart match, but we did have Dortmund go 2-0 up and Bayern just seemed to claw its way their way back in. So when you look at the upcoming match now, um, obviously the man who was responsible for, for Dortmund's two goals uh, last season is uh, Erling Braut Holland. Um, the Norwegian is back after being miraculously cured by uh, some miracle worker. Spanish doctors, but probably the same ones Pep Guardiola use. Yeah, and you know, I mean, seems legit. Anyways, um, so he, he's back, and on the other hand side, you have the guy who probably should have won the Ballon d'Or, but, you know, individual trophies are shit, and who should care about them? Well, no one, really. But anyways, so there's Robert Lewandowski against uh, Erling Boyd Holland. Um, who... You know, I mean, if you look at that matchup between these two strikers, what strikes you about the two of them? I mean, how how important are they individually to their teams? And um, 
what time what what sort of qualities are the best qualities i mean it's been talked about a lot but let's do just the same robert Lewandowski's dancing on tiktok That's well, <laughs> you go. i don't think anybody has ever said that on any sports show so yeah that's I enough about Robert Lewandowski. Um, um, what about Erling Braun? <laughs> the way he runs, but um, like on a serious note, the, the way he runs is fantastic. It, it, it feels like when I was bullied for a child for running, I will now just show if I ever had a time machine to show my former self how to run, I would just show Erling Haaland. Um, but on a more serious note, Erling Haaland takes Dortmund from a good team to a very good team, a team that can actually... <laughs> I was going... Oh, no. I was going to say... A win team... matches? <laughs> no, win matches. Um, take uh, Dortmund into the Champions League, and, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a burn. Um, but yeah, that, like, that's the quality. He is a wanted man because of his quality. Um, there are many times where he has brought Dortmund from the brink, especially last season, to finish in the Champions League where they were so behind. Um, he is still very young, and I think there is more elements he can add into his game. He's not the all-rounder someone like Mbappe is, but in terms of pure number nine striker clinicalness, there is no one else like Erling Haaland, especially if you're setting up a counter press more counter attack dynamic team um and by munich it's the same sort of striker that they have but they gel more as a team and that's why they won everything they possibly can as one that that's like the shining difference where dortmund only win a dfb pokal but by munich wins everything um and if Lewandowski, you can see why there have been rumours about Bayern Munich wanting Haaland if, if and when Lewandowski um, leaves or retires. Um, it would be a good fit and Erling Haaland is world class. Um, however, Dortmund have been good at Playing a different way without Haaland too. Not the greatest way, but ways that suit him. Ways that include other people more. Um, I do think the Dortmund didn't really um, replace Sancho. And ha Haaland is missing that kind of Sancho link compared to, this, in, compared to last season. Whereas Lewandowski's got pretty oh, much the same team. All the links link up he needs. I mean, he's a good link up player with uh, Zane, Müller, Nabri, pretty much uh, a, a wide range of players. But Dortmund will maybe a little bit limited in the fact that Royce, Sancho, and Holland were sort of like a top trio. And whenever one of them was missing uh, last season, it, uh, the team seemed a little bit worse. Yeah. And um... I forgot my point. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a point and it flew out my head. Um, the, the replacing Sancho bit, maybe? Yeah, it, it's a shame. How did you know? That was well, almost... We've done so many podcasts, you know. Telepathy. Exactly um, yeah, replacing Sancho. Um, you know, I thought I, I, we know that there have been many injury issues uh, throughout Dortmund. And mainly because of the style that they're playing and the intensity put on some of those players. 
Um, you probably would have liked to see more of Makoku, more of Angsna, Knauf, and instead, the but we haven't seen kind of either of them either come in in a Sancho way. I'm not sure what Dortmund's preferred structure is. There are times in matches where you can't see a structure, which is very worrying from a, like someone who analyzes and uh, analyzes tactics in teams. Um, is, is there something weakness. to worry about in terms of the coach Dortmund are currently having and the fact that uh, the captain, Mark Royce, I mean, at the start of the season, he told the press that, well, I went to the coach and I told him that we needed to change the system, which we then did. And I think it was only a couple of match days ago where Royce went public and criticized the tactics of his coach, which is, um, well, he's the captain. And I, I think it, if any player has the right to do so publicly, it's probably him. But isn't isn't it a worrying sign if your captain goes public and says, "Well, listen, um, we should have done things slightly differently on the pitch." I think it's more worrying in the terms of the history of Dortmund, especially in the last few years. There are players that are nicknamed King um, King Murderers for a reason. And who are they? Um. I think I think the most well-known one is Matt Hummels. Um, and it, you've got an extra pressure because of the structure of Dortmund at the moment. You know, Edin Terzic, who was interim manager last season, is now technical director. So, And the players really liked Edin Terzic. You could see on, from some of their performances, there was not much tactical nous, but there was um, emotional performances, and they all got along. And I think that capacity isn't the, it, there's not the same kind of relationship with Marco Rosa, um, not in a bad way, uh, but in a different way. Um, but it must be very stressful to have that former interim manager over your shoulder, especially when that interim manager won silverware for the first time since Thomas Tuchel, um, it can be very stressful and, you know, you can see, and there was reports of um, a clash after the sporting game as well. Um, so, yes, it's a, a very emotional bunch and you can see tempers easily flaring if things don't go right. And they haven't gone right, they're out in the Champions League. Well, it's, they are, they are indeed. And... Um... Now, now they've got Bayern coming up, and they, but you know, Dortmund have had sort of like a strange uh, string of results in the Bundesliga too, with some odd results here and there. Um, I mean, this is this is the biggest test any Dortmund coach is going to face all season long. It's the match against Bayern. Um, so. You've expressed some doubts about Rose's tactics here. Uh, Michael Royce has expressed some doubts about Rose's tactical know-how, which uh, you know is quite an indictment if it comes from one of your own players, if you ask me. But anyways, um, <laughs> glossing uh, over that fact, <laughs> leaving that aside for now. Um, how do you see Rose's setting up his team against Julian Nagelsmann here? Because I mean, Rosa. He's played against Nagelsmann on a few occasions. Both of them come from the RB system. So he should have an idea or two of how he can combat this, uh, you know, tactical whiz kid. 
actually don't have their head-to-head stats against each other. Um, because I was remembering Gladbach were good against Bayern. Uh, Gladbach has always been a kind of bogey team to Bayern, and that included Rose's Gladbach um, last season and two seasons ago. I'm not sure about last season. I can't remember last season for some reason, but the se- two seasons ago, um, where Gladbach just basically played defensively and played on the counter, and I imagine that's how they'll go this time around as well. That's Dortmund's main um, main strategy. They're also not very good at building up. They go from uh, goalkeeper to fullback or wingback and then get isolated very quickly on the wing and with Bayern Munich's intensity, especially under Nagelsmann, they can easily um, win the ball back and get into Dortmund's spaces really, really easily. And I think that's where we'll see most of the fights and probably if... Bayern are to score more than one goal, at least one goal will come from Dortmund being isolated on the wing and being played back in. Um, So I I don't think he'll go with a back five because of what Doyce said the last time they played a back five. I think that is setting himself up to fail, even though it might be the better direction what to do. I also don't know how many people are back for Dortmund from injury apart from Haaland. Um, so uh, they looked better against Wolfsburg in a way by playing a 4-2-3-1. I think it gives them more balance. If they play a 4-3-3 and been playing how they did against um, the likes of Leipzig or um, even Bielefeld and Augsburg at times, that they will get completely overrun. Um, so something that's more suited to play the way that they want to play um, in that counter-attack style would be beneficial, but I don't understand how exactly they'll do it. If reports are true with Chan having a bus-up with Rosa after the sporting match, um, I don't know if he will play, and even though Chan can be a complete liability at times, I think I would still rather pick him to be a pivot player um, than Axel Witzel, because Witzel, if you watch some of his performances, it's not, I don't think it's particularly Witzel's fault, but he gets dragged out of position far too easily. Um, and we've seen the reintroduction with Dode, so I think that gives them a little bit more strength in the middle of the pitch. All right, you wondered about the head-to-head between Rosa and Nagelsmann. I can give that to you. Um, yeah, I can I can type whilst other people talk. Um, so they they have actually they've actually gone up against each other as coaches on five occasions in Germany. Um, the last time was Bayern's three-one win in the Super Cup final in August of this year. Before that, it was a 3-2-1 win for Leipzig against Gladbach. Um, back then, uh, Nagelsmann played a 4-2-3-1. He did the same in the uh, in the Super Cup final. Uh, and then there was a match. The first match in the 2021 season between the two of them was a 1-0 win for Gladbach. So Marco Rosa won again with a back four for uh, for Julian Nagelsmann. But it was a 4-3-1-2 that time around. And in the 2019-2020 season, uh, Rosa and 
Nagelsmann played each other twice, RB against Borussia Mönchengladbach on both occasions. And both occasions, Nagelsmann with, with the 4-4-2. And he ended up getting four points from those two matches. So uh, three wins, one draw, and one loss for Nagelsmann against Rosa. So you could say that Julian Nagelsmann has had the better of Marco Rosa, historically speaking. Now, talking about Nagelsmann, and talking about, you know, I mentioned the, the, the tactical lineup. So the last two times he's gone with a 4-2-3-1 against Marco Rosa. Once as a RB Leipzig coach, the last time as a Bayern coach. How do you think he's going to line up this time around? Probably the same. <clears throat> I, I don't see it being any different unless... But Nagelsmann's good at surprising and changing things. Um, but I think that... He has been mostly a four-two-three-one throughout the season too. It seems to work fine. Um, let me just pull up their last lineup against Bielefeld. Yeah, I I don't see anything other than how he's played. He'll just the only difference I can see is I believe Sula is back, so I think he'll start instead of Luca Hernandez. Um, and instead of Tolisso with Goretzka, he'll go um. Sabica and Goretzka in the middle. Um, oh, he also started coming on the wing, so I think Gnabry will be back, I assume. Now he's one backs down. I, no, I got really confused by some of those quarantine periods and what happened with the five, <laughs> the famous five. Um, so I, pre I expect Lewandowski up top, the three behind him of Sane, Miller and Gnabry. Um, the double pivot of uh, Sabitza and Goretzka, and then Davies, Sula, Upamakano, and Pavard. I think, apart from Kimmich, the Kimmich Sabitza role, um, I'm pretty sure that was the lineup against Dortmund in the Super Cup. Um, and Upamakano has been getting a lot of flack. Um, he was absolutely dreadful against. Uh, Gladbach in the 5-0 loss but in the Super Cup he was amazing against Haaland and him and Sula just absolutely kept them quiet they knew exactly what to do they both went two up on one player any time Dortmund had a sniff on the break they were that so I expect the same from them this time round as well um yeah. In a to turn to well, it sort of depends on if the uh, Super Cup Open meets up or the DFB Pokal final <laughs> Diet Open meets up because uh, two very, very, very different performances there against the same striker. Um, now you sort of tipped your hand here, but um, if if you had to if you had to give a tip for how this match turns out, do you think it's sort of like this? Bayern wins it, crosses Dortmund. That don't take another look into the real real view mirror, and uh, you know it's over now. Season done, dusted. Bayern go on to win everything from here on out. I am normally more cautious, and I, if I were was a Bayern fan, I'd be naturally nervous. Maybe that's just the person I am. But if we go to like, if you well, I mean, if you're a Bayern fan, you're naturally giddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dortmund one of the easiest dates in the calendar. So yeah, I'm not a normal general fan. I'm anxious at everything. So um, 
I've I've grown up as an Arsenal fan, so naturally I'm nervous at every single game, no matter whom. Um, but yeah, if we if we look at kind of historical, and by historical I just mean this season and games, Dortmund haven't really won an important game this season. Any big game, they have failed to make an impact. I mean, um, Leipzig, uh, Ajax both times, uh, the Sporting Lisbon to make sure that they were in the Champions League, the Super Cup, all of these have just completely, they've fell on their ass basically. Um, you could say Wolfsburg was a really big one of them making an impact, but um, Wolfsburg's not generally a big game in seen in, in the same way as them in RB Leipzig, I would say. Um, even Leverkusen went close. And I'm not sure what kind of team this Leverkusen team is this season. I'm still trying to figure them out. But there are many um, weaknesses of Dortmund that can be exploited. Whereas Bayern Munich, I don't think as many. So if, if, if I were to, if I was trying to make a logical output, I'd probably see it closer than former years. Um, maybe a bit like the performance in Bayern versus Dortmund last season, so the 4-2, probably something along those lines. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be so <laughs> Dortmund if they would get to get a spectacular 2-2 draw, and then um, after that, they've got Bochum, Kreuterfurt and Hertha coming up, and then they drop points against Kreuterfurt and are behind Bayern in the table once again. Um, that'd be very, very Dortmund, but um, I don't see this happening. I, I think that Bayern has got this. I think... Bayern really has got this and uh, I mean to, to round it all up I mean we've been highly critical of, of Marco Rosa um, yeah <laughs> do, do you think do you think that we've uh, that he's going to take a look at the first half a year he spent as a Dortmund coach because it's a step up going from Borussia Mönchengladbach to Borussia Dortmund and that he's going to change things in the winter break and that he maybe has taking some lessons from those first six months in charge of such a big club? Or do you think it just might have been a bridge too far for a coach of his caliber to take over a club that not only tactically needs a top-class manager, it needs a top-class manager in terms of personal handling and all that, and, you know, it's a lot tougher to be in charge at Dortmund than at Borussia Mönchengladbach. So, so what do you think? Where, where, where are we at with Michael Rosa? I I said this from the start. I wasn't so um, convinced in Dortmund's choice of coach. Uh, it was very apparent under Lucien Favre that they needed someone with a little bit more tactical mouse in terms of in possession with the ball. And then they got a coach in Marco Rosa that is even worse in possession to help them get further ahead um and and if we're ta ta talking in terms of you know giving youngsters opportunities and stuff i and i don't really don't think marco rosa was a good pick um i'm not saying he's bad i don't think he's not ready for a bigger club i just don't think dortmund was the right club to for his um tactical skills there and for him to go and I and it seems like 
even though they're one point behind Bayern, there are m- many difficulties for this. Um, I think Dortmund are very trigger-happy in their decision-making. We had them go with Edin... They sacked Lucien Favre without a proper replacement. They gave it to Edin Terzic. Thought, oh, Edin Terzic couldn't do this. We're running out of options. Because they probably went for several other coaches, which ended up elsewhere. Um, So they were like, okay, we need to make a statement and get a coach that looks like it's a really good decision to. Um, And landed on Marco Rosa. And now we're getting the problems that we're seeing now. Um, Can he take this group further? Can, if Harlan leaves in the summer, will he be the man to rebuild this team around someone else and get the same results? Because really, they've been so good because Holland has helped them. Holland and Bellingham, and even Marco Royce, even though a 32-year-old can be... He's great for a 32-year-old, and but you can't expect that much of him in later years, um, especially with the impact of football that they have played. Is he going to be the man to rebuild this back up? And I don't think he probably is. Right. What a bleak outlook. <laughs> <clears throat> they might win the DFB Pokal and the Europa League and it might be fine. They'll tempt more players. But he just I, d- I don't want to be that bleak. It's just not a good fit. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> what you're saying is it's a good jacket. It's just not really the right fit. It's not made for the weather outside. So it's a bit like, I don't know, a jacket you want to put on, put on when you're on Mykonos. And right now we're in December and in Norway and it's really not, not a great thing. Yeah, I, I would say that, yeah, that's a, a good analogy. All right, great. Um, so, Michael Rosa, not the jacket for me um, where I'm at. Anyways, uh, Jasmine, thank you so much for joining me once again. It's been a blast. Uh, Before I let you go, tell our listeners where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find your work. Um, You can find me on Twitter, uh, Jasmine underscore BH1. On my pinned tweet, I have my tactical preview for Dortmund buy-in on DW. Excellent stuff. Um, my name is Nick Viltong. You can find me at Norm Musings. You can find the podcast at Talking Foosball. And next up on this feed are the fantasy boys, James and Flo, who are going to tell you all you need to know about what changes you have to make in your fantasy team. So stay tuned for that. Until then, goodbye for now. <laughs>